Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And laugh, I believe we have to have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. If you have any questions or comments related to today's show or about any commercial real estate related endeavors, you're invited to call us at 888-612-SHOW. You can also email us at info at com, Or you can connect by social media. You can find all our connections at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing the current state and outlook for REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust. Your REITs offer an alternative to invest in quality real estate while staying liquid and benefiting from the expertise of experienced real estate operators. We'll start with some basics and then get into more advanced REIT discussions for seasoned investors and real estate industry professionals. Uh, please welcome Dr. Brad Kay, Senior Vice President of Research and Industry Information at the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trust, sometimes called NARI. Dr. Case, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure, Michael. Also, please welcome Brad Thomas, VP Capital Markets with Bull Realty. Brad is also a writer who focuses on REITs with Seeking Alpha and The Street. Brad also publishes a monthly newsletter it's called The Intelligent REIT Investor. Brad, thanks for joining us today. Oh, great to be here. Thanks so much. Please welcome Kevin Linderman, Director, SNL Real Estate. SNL is a financial information firm. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael. All right, let's get to it, guys. Uh, just to start us out here for some folks who may not be familiar with REIT, just just a quick definition of uh, Dr. Case. Uh, what is a REIT? Well, it's a company that owns real estate assets, and and uh, REITs were created uh, by Congress back in 1960, and the idea was that. Before that, you could only invest in real estate if you had enough money to buy a shopping center or an office building or something like that. But but instead, with REITs, you can buy shares of stock in a company that owns those buildings, and you get the returns um, that you would if you were able to buy the buildings yourself. So a REIT is a company that has at least three-quarters of its assets in real estate. At least three-quarters of its income has to come from real estate. And something that's really important is that it has to distribute at least 90% of its taxable income in the form of dividends, which means that the shareholders really get the stream of earnings that they would be getting if they were they were investing in real estate. There are, there are two major types of REITs. One is equity REITs, which own properties, buildings, and the other is uh, mortgage REITs, which own mortgages and mortgage-backed securities. Okay. So how many types of, you said there's two main types of REITs. Well, how many REITs are there out there? I think uh, there are 183 uh, publicly traded REITs, and 37 of those are mortgage REITs, and I mean, about 150 um, of them are equity REITs. We've, we've been following the market for about, um, about 17 years now, and we track uh, 12 different types of, of equity REITs, and, and we tend to pay a, a bit more attention to the equity REITs just because they're, they're more akin to, to investing in, in real estate, and that's what our clients want to see. And uh, the property types range from the really more traditional uh, like uh, uh, companies that focus on owning office buildings or regional malls or shopping centers, industrial complexes, to the um, slightly more uh, more specialized, like uh, um, there are some companies that own self-storage facilities, for example, um, or healthcare facilities. And then you can get even more specialized, which we've done uh, uh, more recently with companies that are focused on owning uh, things like single-family homes and prisons. 
<laughs> wow. And uh, Brad Thomas, uh, there's some other uh, REITs out there as well, too, right? Absolutely. Uh, and, and we're seeing a tremendous uh, uh, wave of, of new REITs going to the market, either through non-traded REITs that are you know, creating uh, uh, monetization through liquidity events, uh, as well as new, new companies that are uh, forming to, uh, to become REITs. So it's certainly a very, very active uh, industry right now. Okay. Is there going to be a limit to the number of REITs out there? I hope not. Um, you know, I don't think all of us all of us would agree to that. Um, you know, there's just a lot of demand for for dividends today. I think what's driving the you know the whole industry is the you know is the attraction to the income stream that that REITs offer. As, as Brad Case mentioned, you know these are forced dividend uh, stocks, so so the companies have to pay out dividends, and so that's what what, what makes them so attractive today. Yeah, I think to to, to add to what uh, uh, Brad says there. Uh, I think that there is probably a natural limit to the overall size of, of the industry. All of us would like to see the industry continue to grow as it as it has. We think it's very very healthy for real estate and and for in, investors. But it will eventually come down to where um, owners of real estate are getting the best valuations. If they're getting the best valuations in the public markets, I think you'll continue to see companies come into the public markets as as REITs. As uh, private market valuations um, get better, you probably see companies um, staying out of the out of the public market. So a, a lot of it, I think, will be determined by that. And how many REITs have been formed uh, recently, and what do you expect moving forward for new REITs? Yeah, there have been there have been several uh, REITs uh, in the last uh, year year or two, um, but really nothing like the growth in terms of the number of REITs that we saw back in the 1990s. And I expect to see uh, to. I expect that we'll continue to see some uh, companies become publicly traded uh, for the first time, but not, uh, but not in, at the at the level of activity that that we saw back in the 1990s. Really, what happened in the 1990s was uh, some of your listeners may remember the tremendous um, crisis in commercial real estate space right at the end of the 1980s, and uh, the REIT industry really led the way out of that um, out, out of that crisis. Um, it, the same thing happened over the last few years, leading leading the real estate industry out of the liquidity crisis of 2008 and 2009. But the but the publicly traded REIT industry is just so much uh, so much um, healthier now that um, you know that that it wasn't so much uh, so much uh, building up from scratch the way the industry almost was doing in the early 1990s. We've seen uh, uh, five um, um, equity REIT IPOs uh, come out into the market this year in in, in the U.S. And as as Brad says, it's uh, um, a significantly lower volume than we saw during the real high growth period. And I think there are some interesting companies out there that that are looking at coming into the into the public markets. But what we've seen uh, to date has and has really paled in comparison to um, the, the the real big growth times of uh, of years past. If you're going to try to do an IPO nowadays, you have to contend with some pretty strong competitors who are already in the market. Right. And for the uh, individual investor out there, is there a minimum or a maximum that, that they can invest in REITs or, or a recommended minimum or maximum? You know, the minimum is the is the price of one share of stock. That's that's really the beauty of the whole REIT concept. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I I don't have to have any any sort of minimum threshold number of dollars to invest in a publicly traded REIT. I just have to be able to buy one stock and one share of stock. And that's completely liquid, right? Yes, it is. With REITs, you're you're buying and selling uh, shopping centers and office buildings and um, and hotels just the way you you would buy and sell um, a share of stock in any company in any in any other company traded in the stock market. 
Okay, so I can drive by my favorite mall and point to it and say, I own, I own part of that one. <laughs> my kids get sick of it, but I do that all the time. <laughs> right, let's go shop at my mall today, right? <laughs> what, what about a REIT performance? What have you seen for REIT performance in the last few years? Well, I can I can uh, give you some numbers. In the last in the last year, REITs have have uh, returned total return of nearly 19%. Last three years, a um, little bit little bit more than 17%. Now, of course, that's really the recovery from the crisis of 2008 and 2009. But if you look at longer term returns over the last 10 years, over the last 20 years, um, we have data going back more than 40 years, and and REIT returns have been a little bit more than 10% per year um, you know, over, over essentially any. Uh, reasonably long uh, historical time period. Generally speaking, what we say is that REIT returns are about the same as returns in the rest of the stock market, a little bit better maybe, but but about the same. But they have a low correlation with the rest of the stock market. And that's why and, and that's why uh, holding REITs really benefits um you know, retirement investors, people people saving up for their later years because it reduces the portfolio uh, the the volatility of their entire investment portfolio. And and I would I would highlight something that Brad said there that it that from an individual investor standpoint it and it really is determined by your holding period. Um, there there have certainly been times where the REIT market has has underperformed relative to the broader stock market. I mean most recently, 2007 2008. But if you're a patient investor and you believe that having um, and exposure to real estate in your investment portfolio is, is, is a positive thing, as I think we all do, um, and you have a reasonably long time horizon, uh, in, investments uh, in REITs have, uh, have, have always paid off. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. More intel on the REIT industry headed your way. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to join us next week. We'll we'll be interviewing leading workout and special asset professionals from the IMN Workout and Special Assets Conference. If you'd like more information about these conferences, visit IMN.org. The week after next, we'll feature a show called Associations That Matter. We'll be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic and the guest at the homepage commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, with Dr. Brad Case, Brad Thomas, and Kevin Linderman. And uh, gentlemen, let's talk about diversification. Do REITs offer an opportunity for investors to have some diversification in their uh, investments? Yeah, Michael, I, I think that's that's really a, a very important piece of the, the appeal of REITs. Um, you know, there are really sort of uh, four fundamental asset classes that really have to be in every investor's portfolio. And those are stocks and those are bonds and some cash or, or, or treasury bills, that sort of thing, and real estate. And as I mentioned before, REITs are, are really the only feasible way for most investors to get into the real estate asset class to, to, to make sure that they have that piece uh, to diversify their portfolio. And there's also diversification inside some of those REITs as well, right, Brad Thomas? I mean, if you invested, some REITs are uh, uh, they're in multiple cities and multiple areas around the country, right? 
Absolutely. And that, you know, that's really an attractive part of this business because you can, today you can invest in practically anything. And we've got, uh, we've got now data sector REITs. So you can invest in, in data centers, uh, you know, large companies like Digital Realty. Um, you've got companies like Equinix, who is not a REIT, but is uh, proposing to, to be converted to a REIT sometime in the next uh, two years or so. Uh, you've got uh, billboard companies like Lamar, who are um, pitching the uh, opportunity to be a, to be a REIT. Uh, so you've got a lot, you know, a lot of new sectors today. Uh, Empire State Building. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm up in New York frequently, and uh, you can now uh, sooner or later be investing in in the uh, their, uh, the Empire State Building and that port that REIT portfolio. So there, there's tremendous opportunities to invest in all types of sectors today. Well, great. Then I can say, uh, let's go to my building and look check out the view. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I'll meet you there for lunch. Okay. Well, Brad, (laughs) what are some of the main metrics that investors should consider when picking a REIT to invest in? Sure. Well, you know, the the income stream, again, goes back to the the dividend, as I stated earlier. And so REITs, one thing that's unique about REITs or different is that REITs are not measured uh, based on what what normal companies are measured by in terms of what we call P.E. ratios or P.E. valuations, price to earnings. And in real estate, in in the REIT industry, uh, we use another metric called the funds from operations or FFO metric. And simply, uh, that's the way we can determine the trading history of a REIT uh, relative to to the other REIT sector. It just makes everything more more peer-driven, so you can effectively determine what the value is of of various REITs within their sectors or or overall. So that's uh, the primary difference. It's really based on the the historical earnings as well as the predictability of the future uh, income stream or the future earnings. And Kevin, are there some other metrics to consider as well? Well, a, a lot of investors look at um, what, what what's called net asset value or NAV, and and in in theory, it is supposed to represent what the value of the underlying assets is in the direct market, and and uh, the the idea being that if you're able to purchase uh, one of these REIT stocks at a discount to the underlying net asset value, that that you have some sort of uh, some sort of a floor underneath of the valuation and, and maybe not a lot of downside risk. The real challenge with coming up with a, a viable NAV estimate is that um, many of these companies own literally hundreds and hundreds of, of assets. So getting a valuation that you're comfortable with um, that that really covers all of these different assets well is a, is a tricky thing to do. Um, I think that um, net asset value estimates certainly have have a place in your analysis, um, but it's really only one piece of the puzzle. Well, where can investors find this information, and what information is readily available to them, Kevin? Well, we're in the information business, so we pay a lot of attention to this. And one of the great things about using REITs as a vehicle to invest in in real estate is that they are public companies, and they are required to file with the SEC on a quarterly basis, and and really give investors a good look at their operations every 90 days. Most companies out there. Uh, choose to make even more information available and and understand the importance of of communicating um, with investors and um, creating that transparency and 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 really telling people the story about about how their companies are being run and 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 how their properties are are functioning. So um, the the SEC um, has a great deal of information, 10Ks and 10Qs 
most of these companies have very good websites uh, where you can go and get more information um, about them. They'll put out um, supplemental packages with uh, a lot of detail about their portfolio. So there's, there's really a tremendous amount of information out there. And I, I would also direct individual investors to the, to the NAREIT website. Maybe Brad can, can uh, talk about that a little bit and the information they have. Sure. You know, we want to we want to make it easy for investors to get the information they need to to make good investments. So if if investors if if people go to reit dot com r e i t dot com, uh, there's a lot of a lot of different types of information there. There's uh there's our reit 101 page that just talks about um you know what reits are, but also has has links to many of the reits um, that are out there in the marketplace um, to help investors find the information they need. And then there's a data and research. Um, Part of the website where we have all sorts of um, studies that we've done or that other people have done that are that are useful to read investments and read investors um, all sorts of uh, of industry data that uh, many of many of them uh, are things that we update every month um, uh, and as I said you know the links to the to the to the individual company websites give uh, give investors lots of other ways of getting information there's also uh, something brand new actually just 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 this week Nareed introduced the Read Investor app for uh, investors with iPhones and iPads. They can go. It's a it's a free downloadable um, app um, that that will help you uh, you know get access to the information that you need to make investments about and to make decisions about your Read investments. Okay. And Brad Thomas, you're you're writing articles about REITs all the time, and you also have a newsletter. Tell us about those. Sure. I write uh, pretty frequently for Seeking Alpha, um, as well as the Street uh, dot com. And uh, launched a newsletter about uh, a month ago, and it's a monthly newsletter really aimed at the individual investor. Uh, I've created several portfolios within the newsletter to provide what I call actionable information. Uh, do a lot of research, obviously. Uh, write an article about every day. And what's really unique about, I guess, my you know, my writing is I, I spend a lot of time interviewing with a lot of the high-level uh, management teams, the CEOs. Uh, you've probably seen videos. We've actually done some videos on on Bull's site as well. Uh, so it's it's been uh, um, you know it's, it's it, that's the kind of information that we try to provide uh, very actionable information that that you can't find in a, in a lot of places. It's hard you know it's hard to find that information and and so we're uh, glad you know, SNL and Nareed have been great resources for my writing as well. So uh, and we're, we're short on the break, but what's the website to find the uh, monthly newsletter? Sure, it's uh, www.theintelligentreitinvestor. Just tick, put the word REIT inside of uh, the Intelligent Investor. Uh, I think Ben Graham created that book, but uh, the Intelligent REIT Investor. Okay, and uh, is this a, very, a real expensive <laughs> uh, publication? No, it's not. We've we've kept it real real cheap. For, you know, again for the average investor. So we provide it's ninety nine dollars a year, and we provide very frequently uh, email alerts, uh, trying to create uh, you know real live news for investors today and and on the okay. subject of REITs. All right, stay with us. A quick break. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. 
You may be listening to the show anywhere from Orlando to San Francisco today. The show's been broadcast around the world for two and a half years on iTunes, uh, multiple websites. It's now aired on 12 radio stations across the country. We'd like to welcome our latest and newest listeners in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on the Rock of Talk, KIVA 1600. Well, today we're discussing REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, with Dr. Brad Case, Brad Thomas, and Kevin Linderman. And uh, Dr. Case, I'd like to ask you if there are any other maybe possibly overlooked aspects to consider when investing in REITs. Uh, for example, you know, how important is the, the focus and experience of a REITs uh, management team? You know, I mean, one of the things that we've seen over time over the last few decades in the REIT industry is uh, many REITs started with um, – you know, one major investor or a family that um, sort of uh, made good real estate investments in a particular city, and um, and and so REITs, many of them started with a with a with a geographic focus, and they may have uh, had properties of different types. And over time, what we've seen in general is that they tend to pick the property type that they uh, feel you know feel strongest in. And um, and and put together portfolios of properties around the country. Uh, basically, the lessons that you learn from owning a shopping center in Albuquerque can can uh, you know can translate translate if you know to a shopping center that you own in San Francisco um, uh, more easily than uh, the lessons from you know from owning an office building um, in Albuquerque. Um, but but that's a that's a general rule. There are certainly there are certainly several quality REITs that have portfolios that that are across several uh, several property types, and others that are focused on a particular geographic area or a type of geographic area. So what you really want to look at is a strong management team that um, that 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 has a good way of identifying what part of the real estate industry they know best. And they have a good strategy to focus on that part of the real estate industry, so that you can you can lever their capabilities um, to to do the best uh, do the best good for your own investment your retirement portfolio. Yeah, I would I would I would agree on on both of those. I mean, I think uh, we, we we've definitely seen a a, a trend towards uh, specializing in in certain property types as as opposed to the more uh, diversified real estate companies we saw maybe 10 or 15 years ago and and recognizing that uh if you're if you're good in at at operating shopping centers that that can translate regardless of of what your geography is and then with with regard to the to the management team I mean that's that's really where you look for the value to be created uh above and beyond the, the underlying value of the real estate assets. Um, looking at some of these more um, uh, REIT-specific metrics like, like same-store net operating income growth, um, that really tells you what kind of value is the management team able to create um, on their existing portfolio by operating the properties more efficiently, uh, getting better tenants in there, um, Finding ways to achieve higher rents and higher occupancy levels. I mean, those are things that that a skilled management team is going to focus on. And and I, I think our experience in watching this industry for a, a while is that those are the companies that tend to outperform over time. Kevin, I'd like to add one more thing to that. I think you know uh, Warren Buffett 
often talks about the circle of competence, and I think that's that's key in the REIT world. You, you know, these these REITs that, uh, that that have a management team that, that, that have a pure focused model, and I think I think we've seen that uh, the market really uh, puts a higher value on those companies that that have that 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 core of competence. I like to tell my readers that uh, you know when you're investing in a REIT today, a public REIT today, public security, uh, you are not only investing in the brick and mortar, you're investing in that management team. So when I when I pay ten dollars to buy a share of stock, I'm not only buying that real estate portfolio, I'm buying the management team and, and, and I sometimes refer to that as insurance. If you've got a very good management team that really has a core of competency and they're executing at all you know all cylinders then you know it's worth something to me. It's 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 what I call insurance for that margin of safety for that particular stock. So I think it's very very critical to 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 understand who manages these REITs and and what that value proposition is all about. And Brad, uh, can the typical investor access uh, vacancy and the quality of the uh, tenants and the properties and uh, rate growth and things like that for these uh, REITs? As Kevin had mentioned, and maybe Brad, uh, Dr. Case had mentioned, um, you know, you all, everything's fully transparent with REIT. So you can pull up in any any. Uh, you can go to earnings calls. I frequently listen to earnings calls. You can you can access those through various websites, Seeking Alpha, for example, or you can go to uh, NAREIT site. There's a lot of information out there if you look. But you you know these companies are publicly traded, so you can access any of those metrics you want: occupancy, debt debt to market cap. Uh, everything is is readily available. Okay. All right. We're going to take a short break here. And uh, if you will, go to our site and check out our uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and uh, Twitter. We're actually in a contest right now. So we'd love it if you enjoy the show to go out and retweet and post and comment and uh, help us out in our contest. Well, this is Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be back in just a moment with more REIT information for you. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. Two recent shows featured interviews with CEOs of retail REITs at ICSC Recon on the convention floor in Las Vegas, and those were done by Brad Thomas on the show here today. Uh, Then uh, you can also access these shows anytime on your smartphone or computer. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com, and look for the tab Shows on Demand. Well, today we're discussing REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, with Dr. Brad Case, Brad Thomas, and Kevin Linderman. And, and Kevin, what is the outlook for REITs by the rating agencies right now? So uh, as, as public companies, um, many of the uh, public REITs out there take advantage of, of issuing unsecured debt, public debt. And when they do that, they, they usually get rated by one or more of the ratings agencies out there, S&P, Moody's, or Fitch. And you know, we've, we follow this. There's, there's about 80, 80 REITs out there that have, have rated debt. Um, of those, maybe 50 of them are, are active in, in terms of taking advantage of the, the unsecured debt markets on a regular basis. Um, and the outlook generally is, is, uh, is very stable. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the, 
um, most recent reports from uh, from Standard and Poor's as an example. And out of the 50 odd REITs that they've they've issued um, uh, uh, outlooks on, um, th- only three of them are negative, and 47 of them are either stable or positive. So I would say that generally the the outlook seems to be fairly uh, fairly positive. Um, the uh, ratings agencies I, I think recognize that these companies have have really um, strengthened their balance sheets over the past uh, past several years. So I, I would say that the, the outlook on the debt side, uh, at least from the unsecured market, is, uh, is, is really pretty good. And Dr. Case, uh, how much equity have REITs raised recently? I mean, they've, they've had access to a lot of capital, haven't they? Sure, they have. Uh, you know, this is a, a period in the market where there are lots of uh, properties available. Um, and so what, what we've seen REITs doing is, uh, is they've raised $29 billion so far this year. Um, and if that pace keeps up, then, then that'll certainly break through previous records for equity raised. And one thing that's important to keep in mind is, you know, as Kevin was mentioning, uh, the ratings agencies have, have had fairly positive things to say in terms of the outlook for REITs. Um, and that's because REITs have spent the last few years uh, strengthening their balance sheet, specifically so that they would be in a position to raise capital um, when they when you know when it was time to uh, to make new investments to to get into the market and buy properties that are available and that's exactly what we're seeing um, and one other thing to to point out though is that um, is that raise uh, issuing equity isn't the only way for REITs to raise capital and what some of the cases uh, we've seen REITs uh, thinking um, about their core competencies as we were discussing before you know a REIT will identify which segment of the real estate market is it best at and um, and in a, in a market uh, like this one, what they'll do is they'll pair away holdings that don't that don't fit their core competency, that aren't the best kinds of properties that they can use, and they'll recycle the capital they get from selling those assets into buying new assets that are you know they're a kind of asset that they think that they think they're best at managing. Um, so it's not just a matter of raising equity; um, it's a matter of using all parts of uh, all ways of, of of strengthening the balance sheet and accessing capital to make those investments. I would I would absolutely echo that. Uh, I, I think one of the real advantages that the, the public REITs have over the um, private real estate companies is is having these different avenues to to raise capital. And and at different points in the market cycle, it's going to make sense to issue equity or maybe issue some unsecured debt or issue um, preferred or uh, do some uh, put some mortgages on some properties or some term loans. Um, and and the public companies, um, particularly the ones that that have uh, um, the ability to tap the unsecured debt markets, uh, really have the the ability to access. The right kind of capital at at the right time, and uh, uh, real estate's a very capital-intensive business, and and that I think is a real a real key to the uh, to the company's success. Yeah, Michael, one of the things that Brad Thomas was saying earlier is that you're not just investing in properties; you're investing in management teams, and 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 that's a real key part of what of what you're getting out of that is is uh, is is the decisions about what what kinds of property they're best at at uh, at managing, and the uh, and the capability of making good investments in those types of properties. Right. Good point. And now we've seen cap rates uh, compressed down to seven, six, five, four, sometimes three in some markets. And uh, but the uh, the REITs have really low cost of of capital, don't they? And and how does that spread between the cap rates and their cost of capital uh, help REIT performance? 
Well, you know, it's interesting. It's not necessarily a good idea to have access to, to cheap capital. And one of the things that, that, that your management team needs to be able to do is to exercise restraint and not go around buying buildings just because uh, debt is cheap. And uh, cheap debt is exactly what got us into the problem several years ago. And so uh, what we've seen over the last few years is that is that REITs have actually, instead of, uh, instead of you know, acquiring debt and then looking around for something to do with it, what they've been doing instead is paying down their debt. Um, that the, the amount of leverage um, used uh, in the REIT industry is now in the sort of low 30% range. Historically, it's closer to 40 or even 45%. And, um, and so what, what we've seen is, is uh, REIT management taking a close look at sort of what's the, what's the amount of debt that they can really make good use of and um, sticking to that rather than, uh, rather than extending themselves too far. I think that uh, you know, Brad, Brad hit, it, hit it on the nail. I think it's all about we use the word like match funding. So we uh, these REITs like to try to marry up, you know, the, the the money flow. So they've got the money coming in and they they spend it, you know, th- at the same time. So uh, we use that that word is called match funding for the uh, type of investment out there. And finally, I think there's just a, on a macro level, there's a huge demand out there. You know, REITs today rep- own about ten, uh, excuse me, fifteen to twenty percent of all institutional real estate. You know, in, in the country, so there's just significant growth opportunity today for these companies to go out and and, and buy more product and consolidate. Yeah. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We'll share more read intel with you. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call eight hundred four zero eight. Bull. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're discussing REITs, Real Estate Investment Trusts, with Dr. Brad Case, Brad Thomas, and Kevin Linderman. And gentlemen, what are some of the factors that may affect REIT performance moving forward? Well, I would say that the most important factor is simply the recovery of the overall economy, and people pay a lot of attention to that. And and uh, you know, I, I don't expect it to start roaring anytime soon, but I do expect uh, the uh, the economy to continue to strengthen slowly but steadily, and that's that's really going to be good news in uh, in general uh, for real estate investors, including including people who hold REITs in their retirement portfolios. Um, they'll see higher rent growth, they'll see higher occupancy levels, and that's going to translate into into uh, into better dividends paid out by the REITs as well as higher stock prices. Yeah, I would I would I would agree. I I think looking at um, at job growth uh, is is really the key driver here. Job growth is going to going to create demand for all types of real estate. Uh, it's going to create demand for for office because people need a place to work. It's going to create a demand for uh, retail. People have more money to uh, to to spend more discretionary income. So. Um, I think uh, uh, job growth is is really going to be the key. Um, interest rates are certainly very important for real estate. I don't think anyone expects interest rates to go skyrocketing, and they're still at at record lows despite um, you know the, the what's what's happened over the last couple of weeks. So um, to me, job growth is the real key there. And Kevin, how about the lack of of new construction? Uh, there's not been much new supply. Uh, shouldn't that help the performance for REITs moving forward? Absolutely. The the um, levels of development have been relatively muted in most markets um, across most property types. Probably the apartment sector might be the only uh, the only 
exception there. And uh, so that is a, a direct benefit to the companies that already own existing real estate. And that has, uh, has helped push up demand uh, and increase occupancy levels in a lot of markets. And given the fact that developments in a lot of markets take take significant uh, period of time to get from conception to actual uh, delivery, uh, I think the existing owners are in, um, in a very good position as the economy uh, continues to recover. Okay, and our time has to end here, guys. Can you give us a quick closing tip for our listeners? Well, I, I, can, I can give a very important tip, which is simply that if you don't have REITs in your portfolio, um, you, you need to make sure that there's a significant holding of REITs in your portfolio. We've, we've, seen, we've seen experts uh, give recommendations of anywhere from 10 to 10% to 20% of the, of the total retirement portfolio. And, of course, that's going to vary for the individual investors. But if you don't have REITs, um, then you're missing one of the four fundamental asset classes. Okay, and Kevin. Uh, and I would I would add on to that that uh, um, in in addition to having an allocation, um, just be patient with your time horizon. That if you look over the last forty years, over any reasonably long period of time, REITs have um, have outperformed and have benefited investment portfolios. So um, just be patient. And Mr. Thomas, a thirty second tip. I'm going to go back to my mentor, the legendary investor Ben Graham said, we all know that uh, people who follow this speculative crowd will all lose money in the long run. REITs are not speculative. They have, they have lease, leases. They bring a long-term, durable, and sustainable income. So that's, a, that's my pitch for the day. That's a good here, one. Here. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you'd like more information from anyone on the show today, you can find all our contact information at commercialrealestateshow.com. Thanks to those of you who had the opportunity to stop by our new studio open house this week. It was great to see everyone. We just completed a state-of-the-art audio and video studio. Uh, so uh, check out our YouTube channel for more commercial real estate show videos headed your way. We're invited to join us next week. We'll feature interviews with Loan Workout Pros at IMN Workout and Special Assets Conference. Well, thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by professionals at Bull Realty, Cone Resnick, France Media, Atlanta Office Liquidators, and Weissman, Nowak, Curry, and Wilco. For more information about these companies or to access additional show podcasts or videos, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.